1: Paul Garcia.
0: And welcome back to another episode of the Spurs cast. In today's episode, I'll be discussing the Spurs' surprising win over the Oklahoma City Thunder, Devin Vassell's attacking more often and Marcus Morris Sr. being waived by the San Antonio Spurs. Let's go ahead and jump right into this episode. So it's been about a little bit over a week since I last recorded a Spurs cast episode. So the team did complete the rodeo road trip where they didn't have a good ending to that road trip where they ended up going one and eight on the road trip but then when they returned home on on Thursday evening they had a very good win one of their one of their better wins of the season by beating the number 2 in the Western Conference team the Oklahoma City Thunder so that was what i'm going to do for this episode is i'm going to kind of instead of going through topics like i normally do i'm going to more so phrase them in the form of questions so my first question going back to Thursday's win over the thunder is how in the world did the Spurs, the last ranked team out West, how did they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, who were, you know, a, a playoff level team here at the top, top team, top tier team out West? So let's go ahead and jump right into this first uh, question is how did the Spurs beat the Thunder? So here i kind of concluded a, a few, a few facts here or, or um, takeaways here. One was the three point shooting, but, but the difference in three point shooting between the Spurs and the Thunder Two was just some of the players on the court, Victor Wembanyama and also Devin Vassell for San Antonio, uh, as well as a few other Spurs players. And then three was one of those, it was one of those rare games where the Spurs actually executed down the stretch offensively. And then on the opposite, on the defensive end, they actually got themselves some stops. So let's go ahead and dive into this game and how the Spurs um, ended up uh, defeating the Oklahoma City Thunder on Thursday in San Antonio. So the Thunder were were overwhelmingly favorites. They were favored by 11 points. If we go back to the first two meetings between these two teams, they really haven't been competitive. The Thunder have blown the Spurs out of the water in both games by, I think, over 30 points, uh, whether it was in San Antonio or OKC. So that was one factor was that the Thunder were heavy favorites. Plus, they were coming in on a winning streak. The Spurs end up winning this game by 14 points. And it was close, though, down the stretches we're going to talk about here. So let's first talk about the three-point shooting. The Spurs outscored OKC by 30 points from the three-point line, 57 to 27. The 57 points from San Antonio, which was 19 made threes, uh, matches their season high against an opponent. And also their 49% accuracy on threes was also a number that matches their season high. Even when the Thunder, the Thunder left the Spurs players wide open, the Spurs still shot well on wide open threes. They made 42% of their wide open threes, and 49% of the Spurs' three-point attempts were wide open. So we know that it was a little bit intentional of the Thunder to leave some Spurs players uh, open on wide open threes, but not all players. As we saw Victor Wembanyama, who had a really good night from the three-point land, he's, a lot of his threes were contested. Um, Wemby. Let's just talk about Wemby. So He does another another thing tonight on, on on this game, not tonight, but the night before. He ends up with a new career-high five made threes in this game, and he makes five of seven threes, and these are difficult threes. These are like step-back, st- uh, not step-back, but, but pull-up type threes, and the shot distance. When you go back and look at the shot distance on some of those threes, he was launching from 25 feet, 26 feet, 28 feet on one of his attempts, uh, 26 feet as well. So Wemby had a great night here uh, going against the Thunder defense, and whether it was a spot-up type of shot or a, a pull-up three. Wemby is showing that his three-point accuracy has continued to maintain um, uh, its level of consistency and, and 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 increasing that level as the months have gone on. Especially since he moved to center, his three-point his three-point shots uh, accuracy and volume has gotten it a lot better, as we've seen from him. So Wemby was a big part of that. Also, I would go back to a quote that that Chet Holmgren had out of after the game, where he said, "You know, some of the Spurs players who really weren't on the scouting report for OKC ended up having big nights from three. So, two players that stick out to me in this in this regard are um, are Jeremy Sohan, who who made three of six threes in this game. And then also Trey Jones, who ended up making three of five threes. So, so the Spurs, you know, had a really good night on, from the three point line as a team. And again, even some of those players who normally don't don't have a high volume of shooting threes or have a very low accuracy in threes, those players made threes, such as Jeremy Sohan and Trey Jones. On the opposite end for the Thunder, they had a very bad shooting night from three. So they only scored twenty seven points from three, and they only shot twenty nine percent from three, which are both very low percentages and points for a Spurs opponent. Normally opponents shoot a lot better against San Antonio's defense. The Thunder also struggled on their wide open threes. They only made 26% of their wide open threes. So even when they were able to create shots for themselves uh, with 61% of their their threes attempted wide open, they didn't shoot a good percentage there. They only shot 26%. Now this could have just been a a rough night for OKC because as we look at their overall data, they rank 16th in, in attempts, so again, not really a high volume three-point shooting team. But they are first in the league shooting almost 40% a night from three-point range. So again, shooting 29% against San Antonio. This is one of those nights where the where the where the shot didn't go in for for OKC. Whereas on the opposite end for the Spurs, it was going in. That was one of the, my big my big questions. Was I knew the Spurs were holding their lead throughout the game. And I I did notice how like some of the players who don't normally make a lot of threes they were continuing to shoot pretty well and and that was my question is like going into after halftime where the Spurs get players that, that don't shoot threes well were they going to kind of fall off a little bit here and no they they kind of maintained that consistency for the entire game as you see here by the by by the fact that they shot forty nine percent as a team and then of course uh, Wemby takes them to another level with his three point shooting and same thing for um, Devin Vassell as well. And so now we just want to note a little bit about how, how much of the three point shot does play a factor in, in a lot of the Spurs' wins this season and also their losses. So they are now eight and 20 when um, when winning or tying the three point line against their opponent. So again, eight and 20, eight of their, what is it, 12 wins. So eight of their 12 wins have come because they've, they've or, or part, of, part of it is because they've won the three point line or they've tied their opponent three point shooting. Whereas on the opposite end, they are now um, four and 28 when losing the three points. So again, when, when they lose that three point line, they have a, a, a very slim chance of getting a win on the board. And so, so after this, I do want to go to a quote that pop had after a recent game on the rodeo road trip, just talking about three point shooting and how much of a factor it has to play. Um, not only on the Spurs offense and getting wins, but also on their, on their defensive, um, F, um their defensive potential on the other side. So here is one of his quotes recently, and I'll make sure I, I display this on the screen whenever, if for those of you that watch this in video format, he was asked basically about, um, you know, this the team ball movement. How they how they're, they rank usually well as as one of the, the teams in in assist. And so he had this to say: Pop, we have a very unselfish group. We always have a lot of assist. We just don't consistently shoot very well, and it makes it tough when you're in defensive transition all the time. So that's just a matter of forming your team as the years go by and working at it. But in this league, you've got to have shooters all the way around. So again, that's a very, um, that was a very interesting quote that stuck out to me from Pop. Uh, just, just you know, stating the fact that you know that's a, that's a big hamper on the on why they're, they're not having as much success because we know that on most nights they don't shoot like this from the three point line, and so um you know that end, for them playing in transition all the time that ends up having an effect on their defense. And that was um so two things that just reading that quote that come to mind here. Is uh one like the Spurs actually um tied? Uh, or actually, they, they had a new season high in, in assists. I think it was like thirty nine assists. So they had a new season high in assists in this game against the Thunder. And then Pop talking about how the Spurs are usually having to play in, in transition on defense. That's actually a quote that um also uh, uh Devin Vassell kind of said something like that uh, after the Spurs beat Thunder. How how when they shoot pretty well from three, it prevents um the other teams from getting out and getting on the break and you know breaking their their defense down. And so that's why um three point shooting is is very key for this team in terms of having having success because they don't have to um be scrambling out there on defense and being in transition all the time. So now another factor to, for this win for the Spurs that I, that I concluded here was I'm um, just the play of Victor Wembanyama and also Devin Vassell. And let's first talk about Wemby here. He finished with 28 points, five made free throws, 13 rebounds, seven assists to just two turnovers. So again, seven assists to two turnovers, five blocks and two steals. And I, of course I, I already mentioned the five of seven shooting from three. So he, he had a really good night um, offensively. And I'm going to talk about his defense here in a little bit. And then Vassell also had a good night here with 28 points on 20 shot attempts, nine assists, and two blocks as well, getting getting things done on the defensive end. And then two other players who chipped in with very strong games were Jeremy Sohan, who had, who had 21 points off 14 shot attempts with 10 rebounds. And then also Trey Jones, who finishes with 17 points on nine shot attempts, and he finishes with eight assists. And for Sohan, that was pretty key there because we saw what happened to him in the previous game uh, on the road where uh, he he had a bad start to the third quarter, pop pulls him, and then basically didn't bring him in for the remainder of the game for the remainder of the second half. And so that was obviously a message being sent to him similar to what was done to Kelton Johnson in a recent game where he got benched for, for the majority of a game. And so Sohan responded well. Not only defensively did he have the tough task of guarding SGA, he did, he did his best there on that end to try to make things tough for SGA, but then also on the offensive end, he was very... Aggressive. I mean, just taking a lot of times just kind of seeing that the Thunder defense wasn't quite setting, kind of just attacking them either whether it was in the open court or before they could fully get set. And that was something impressive to watch as well as, like I said, he made three of six threes. Uh, he was very deliberate. And when when the, the Thunder purposely left him open from like the corners, he was taking those shots and trying to make them. So Sohan had a big night. And then, of course, Trey Jones, you don't usually see him make that many threes in a game. And that's the reason why it, it, it helped him get to that set. Those 17 points was uh, on his way to 17 points with those three made threes. And the last part that I think was key for the Spurs in this win was just their 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 performance in crunch time. Again, this is not a team that, that does very well in crunch time, but on this night against OKC, they had it, they had it, they did a great job. So going into crunch time, which is the last the final five minutes of the game, when you, whether you're ahead or behind by five points, the Spurs were only ahead by three points. So again, going into crunch time, they're ahead by three. What do they do in this crunch time? They outscore OKC 18 to seven to end up winning this game by 14 points. And it was over within like the last minute that the Spurs really um had control of this game. So just some plays that stuck out to me um on both offense and defense for the Spurs uh, down in these final five minutes. Uh, Trey Jones, again, like I mentioned, how he was very confident on this night, making his three ball. Um, uh, Wemby gets, uh, you know, gets double team. He passes to Trey Jones and Trey Jones makes a three. Wemby has has two sequences where he makes a 28 foot three. Then uh, Devin Vassell ends up making a 19-foot mid ranger and then on, on the next offensive possession, Wemby makes a 25-foot three again. So so Wemby and Vassell took over there. Uh, then then of course there's that that viral clip that went that went pretty viral here, which is 150 left in the game. Uh, uh, Chet Holmgren's trying to get away from Victor. He goes, um, he's about 19 feet away from the basket. He takes a step back three and nope. Wemby he blocks it, collects the rebound and then takes off on the other end. And then also just again, going back to execution, Devin Vassell had a, had a layup there in the, in the final five minutes and same thing. He, he also had a dunk to kind of end the game there. So again, Wemby and Vassell really took over in crunch time as did the Spurs' defense where yes, the Thunder still got some twos against them um, near the rim, but as far as threes, they weren't making them very well. And that's something I'm going to talk about here in terms of the Spurs' defensive performance. And so uh, the the way the Spurs played there in that crunch time, they they did improve to six and twenty one in crunch time again. Not not the best record there in crunch time, but they have shown that in certain nights, like against OKC, against Minnesota, in in a recent game when the Spurs beat them, they can have um you know they can execute and get stops down the stretch uh, to, to to pick up wins, which is one of their their big issues. And then just going back to Victor. One of the big things for him lately is that uh, he's starting to to play all of the fourth quarter. So he played the entire fourth quarter at Minnesota, and then just last night against OKC, he played the entire fourth quarter as well. And that was key because um, obviously it looks like Pop and the coaching staff were giving him that that opportunity based on his quotes. I I had tweeted out the quote and I put it up on on the visuals. Uh, he basically said that you know. He really had to fight through fatigue in this fourth quarter against OKC where he was like he was getting ready to call, basically ask for us to, to be subbed out, but he really wanted to push through and try to get this win for San Antonio or just try to you know be in the game, be as competitive as he could out there. And so he actually fought fatigue there and he ended up playing the entire fourth quarter. He didn't ask for a sub. So again, that's pretty that's pretty um, um, interesting to note that the coaching staff wants him to play more or they're, they're at least giving him the, that opportunity to play more. And now it's more so on his body of how much can, can he hold up now getting even more minutes because he has played now played over 30. I think it's over 33 minutes in the last two games, in each of the last two games. And then the final um part that I think led to this win for San Antonio was again, their fourth quarter defense. They saved their best defense for the fourth quarter. They end up holding the thunder to just 22 points, which is the lowest OKC scored in a quarter throughout this game. The thunder, they kept them off the free-throw line, the Spurs kept the thunder off the free-throw line. The OKC only had one free-throw attempt against San Antonio's defense. And of course, as I mentioned, you know, the thunder did get their twos near the rim, but they couldn't make any threes to keep up with San Antonio. The thunder shot just one of nine from three-point range um, in, in, that, in that third quarter, and then we we definitely See how Wemby has an effect around the rim in crunch time, where he had two blocks in the fourth quarter, and then of course we know that the Thunder did miss a few shots there near the rim, and of course Victor's usually by there to to kind of just um, uh, uh, make make shots difficult for opponents. All right, so that covers the Spurs' win over the Thunder of how how they were able to beat OKC. So now the Spurs do have I think it's like 22 games left in the season, so we'll see if they pick up some more surprising wins as the season um, winds down here down the stretch. For the next question, I had was. As I've been watching these games, I've been noticing how Devin Vassell has been a lot more aggressive lately, and and whether it's um you know it's just driving, getting getting layups, getting dunks, um trying to get fouled, all those different things. Uh, I haven't noticed as many mid-rangeers from him. I mean, he'll still take them, of course, and then also his three-point shot. It's, it, he'll take it, of course. He's a three-point shooter, but I, it does feels like the eye test watching him, he's got a lot more aggressive and attacking. And so that was my next big question: is I wanted to know what does the data say when I dig into the numbers. How much has Devin Vassell's shot, shot selection profile changed? And so here's what the data, the data says, uh, it it shows that yes, it it is changing. Um, when we just look at his, um, his paint attempts, his, his frequency of shots from the paint, we notice every month of the season that, 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 that number has increased. So when we go back to the, to the beginning of the season, October, November combined, 25% of his shots were coming from, um, in, in the paint. Fast forward to February, he's up to forty-two percent of his shots in the paint. So again, we've seen slowly every month he's he's trying to get into the paint attack, either in those dunk layup range or those floater range shots. Uh, he's seen he's seen gradual progression each month of the season. So if he's taking more shots at the rim. Where are his shots going away from? Because he has to lose some shots somewhere. And we do see that looking at the data that he's losing some mid-range shots and also some three-point shots, which again, mid-range is, I know Devin's a great shooter, but even on his best nights, you know, the mid-range is never going to be over a point per shot. So if you got to take from somewhere, that's probably the best place to take away from is is the mid-range shots. So we see that going back to October, November, Devin's taking 26% of his shots from mid-range. Fast forward to February and only 21% of his shots are coming from mid range. So again, he's taking about 5% um, of his shots away from, from, from himself from mid range. And then also his three point sh- um, um percentage of shots is, has decreased. Whereas in October, um, November, 49% of his, his shots come from the three-point line. I mean, you just, you just think of it as only a three-point shooter. Well, no, now fast forward to today at the end of February, just 37% of his shots in the month of February came from the three-point line. So we do see that it's deliberately, um, he's making that that decision to try to attack more often. And and of course, he's kind of mentioned some post-game quotes about this, about how sometimes it's not going, the shot's not going in for him. So what does he have to do? He has to get himself into the game somehow by being more aggressive. We also see some different stats that kind of paint this picture as well. Uh, When we look at free-throw attempts, um, kind of still the same. He's, He's about almost like three to four free throws a night. So that really hasn't changed too much. And I think that as he starts driving more and just gets more um, more experience in the league, of refs will start to maybe give him a little bit more calls. I know he gets frustrated at times with the refs not calling um, fouls whenever he's, he's driving and attacking. But one 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 stat that really paints this picture of how much he's been a little bit more aggressive is uh, his drive. So, so the NBA has drives data, and here were his numbers. So back in, in October, November, he's only driving the ball about 4.6 times per game. Fast forward to January and February, January ten point three drives per game. February ten point eight drives per game. So again, he's 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 basically um you know more than doubled his his drives per game as each month of the season has gone on. And so um that's very key. That's the telling stat that that he's not just settling for jumpers now. He's actually trying to drive and attack the defense. And of course, it's not just about him putting up shots and trying to get fouled. It's also about do you are you able to create for your teammates? And yes, we do see this as well. That his his assists in October November he only had two point eight assists per game. Fast forward to today in February or at the end of February, and he's now at 4.9 assists per game. So we have also seen his assist, um, basically double, um, as, as the months have gone on. So, so he's also, um, you know, finding his teammates as well with his aggression. So again, um, that's just something key that, that the data, I just wanted to see, does the data match the eye test? And sure enough, it it, it sure does. And this also goes back to something that Pop said on the rodeo road trip. Um, I forget what game it was after. I want to say it was after the Sacramento game. It was one of those nights where Devin had like 32 points in a game. And so Pop was asked um, about Devin's performances lately. And here's what he said, Pop. He said, uh, he said that basically Devin has gone to another level. Here was his quote. I think he's gotten to another level where he's got supreme confidence in his ability to make something happen offensively. Whether it's making a decision to drive it instead of shooting a three, or how to involve his teammates. He's sort of taken over that role. So he's definitely gotten to another level. So again, this is his head coach Pop saying that he sees in his eyes from what he's seen from Devin that he's definitely taken another level this year. And again, again, from what I see here in the data, he's definitely doing that right now. Um, in, in these last two, two months, basically, or even even going back to December, he started to to started to um make this gradual increase in his shot selection. And so, yes, uh, so the question was, um, you know, has Devin's shot profile changed? Yes, it has in terms of um, his aggressiveness and, and attacking inside rather than just settling for jumpers. All right, and so now for our final question of this episode, um, it's a very basic question, which I don't actually have the answer to, but let's just explore some of the options for the Spurs. And it is, what are the Spurs going to do with their open roster spots? So on Thursday, before the Spurs played the Thunder, the team officially waived Marcus Morris Sr. We had been we had been waiting to see, you know, when would they waive him? Um, according to Sean Strani of The Athletic, the Spurs and Morris did agree to a buyout. Uh, I haven't seen yet what, the, what how much he gave back um, in that deal to get waived by the Spurs. So Morris is officially waived, which means that the Spurs do have one vacant open roster spot that they can sign a player. Uh, they can add a player to the team. So the, the easy answer that both Colin Reed and I talked about recently in a recent Spurs cast episode is that we think that uh Dominic Barlow is probably the most likely candidate to get that open roster spot. So he is as we noted uh, uh, as we have noted here, Dominic Barlow is currently on a two-way contract which limits the amount of times the Spurs can have him on the active roster because if he's on the active roster for for fifty games or more, well then the Spurs either have to sign him to a full contract or um they have to waive him. So they've been very cautious now that Zach Collins is healthy of not giving Barlow as many um games on the active roster. What was interesting was that with um Zach Collins available against OKC and, and Barlow um, there, the Spurs actually had Barlow on the active roster list, which, which could show you that they're not too worried now about the 50 game mark because perhaps maybe they they are they do have that intention of converting his contract into a full roster spot. So that's one of the options is the Spurs can basically convert Barlow's contract from a two-way into a full roster spot, full roster spot, which would mean that there's no limitation on the amount of um games that Barlow can be on the active roster with San Antonio. So again, that's one, that's probably the, the most likely um, uh, scenario that will happen with that open open roster spot is um is Barlow um, getting getting that spot. Or the other scenario is just basically the Spurs could sign a player um, or if a player gets waived, they could, they could, they could um, uh, claim that player off waivers uh, for that roster spot. So, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not reporting this, but it was just, um, this is a player who who got a lot of, in my mentions on Twitter, a lot of fans, Spurs fans uh, want this player to return to the team. So also on Thursday morning, the the, uh, the Atlanta Hawks waved um, former Spurs guard, Patty Mills, you know, who was a very, um, who, who was a big part of the community in San Antonio, who was a fan favorite for his number of years with the 2014 title team. And so Patty ended up getting waved and so sure enough as soon as i tweeted that barlow had got i mean not barlow um morris had got waved later in the day within a lot of spurs fans bring back patty mills bring back um um um, you know all that kind of stuff so so spurs fans do want patty mills back you know if it's more so for a, a a veteran um uh, you know, veteran presence in the locker room, a player who kind of knows the culture and the community and kind of be a good leader for the young players. I, I wouldn't be opposed to, to Patty returning to San Antonio again. He's, he'd he provide that veteran leadership uh, for this young group. What I would be opposed to is more so him actually taking minutes from some of the younger players, a player like Blake Wesley, who's getting minutes right now, or, or Malachi Branham. So you, I don't think you want to see Patty um come in and, and take minutes from some of the young players who are still developing with these final 22 games. So again, that that's, that's an option that I think Spurs fans want right now is, is for Patty Mills to return. And then of course um, there's still some players out there. Who, who got waived around the trade deadline and they still haven't been signed some young players so we'll kind of see if um, maybe the Spurs have, have any intentions of wanting to bring in some, uh, one of those players that are out there that that um uh, who, who were waived uh back in um back back at, back in early February so again right now the Spurs do have one open roster spot we'll kind of see what happens with uh with that roster spot what what they what they intend to do with that open spot Thanks for taking time to listen to this episode of the Spurs cast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe rate and review on YouTube and your favorite podcast apps. This episode was written, recorded and produced by Paul Garcia from all of us at Project Spurs. Stay safe and have a great day. What's so special about hero Bread's soft, fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas.